eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, and welcome to the Wildcat Scoop podcast. I am your elated host, Shelby Shear, here with... Driving back to Tucson in five hours, Jason Shear. And we're <laughs> Shelby, here to- I just want to interrupt what? you. Okay. Your, voice, your voice doesn't sound great. Why is that, Shelby? Um, I may have been screaming the what? entire game. Arizona defeated TSU this evening in the probably the most stressful game I can remember uh, in a long time. Like I broke out into hives. I'm going to lose my voice tomorrow. My children are probably scared of me. The dogs hid all night. My best friend and I literally lost our minds for the entire duration of the game. Like I I'm just, I don't think I'm going to sleep. So I'll probably be awake when you get home and I will not have slept. Yeah. I don't even know if I'm going to bed tonight. We'll see. We'll see. Oh we'll my see. gosh. I don't even, we're just doing this one extemporaneously guys. Yeah, so we don't even have questions because on nights questions. like these, what are questions? We Who only cares? have answers. We only have answers. Uh, we, we, I mean, Jason probably has some answers from being like right on the court. We saw you on TV. Did you see um, how focused I was? Uh, yes. We had comments. Even wow. your child said, wow, daddy's being very calm. Like nope. <laughs> she was watching you. Brian so, Peterson, my guy, Brian Peterson said, and I quote, don't you ever stop shaking your damn leg? And I said, Brian, I do not. <laughs> no, a, you do not. It is That's a nervous tick that I always rock. It's like people think I'm nervous. I always rock. Doesn't matter where I am. Like it's anxiety. And then when you get me into an actual moment that has real anxiety, I'm either rocking back and forth like I'm praying or I'm shaking my leg like it's going to fall off. And I, I think all help. Arizona fans felt that way because yeah. tonight was a roller coaster. Final score was. I tell me Jason, cause I don't have in front of me. And my brain is, I don't even have a box score open, but it was I don't 85 even... to 80. I don't know what it, yeah, that's what it was. 85 to 80. Oh my gosh. So much to talk about here. So let's just start from. I think we great... should start. I think we should start with one thing before we get started. Okay. Tommy Lloyd the other day called Arizona fans out and said, we need you. We need you on Sunday night. And some people took that as an insult. I didn't. I took it as him saying, look, man, we need you. It was a home game. I have been to a lot of tournament games and had the feeling of Vegas. The Arizona fans showed up. So before we get started, 
I think that the biggest thing that before we get started is props to the Arizona fans for showing up, for being loud. We were in the presser. It was really funny. Jamie Dixon was talking at the podium and all you could hear was people screaming bear down and horns honking outside. It was <laughs> so. incredible. I mean, on TV, it was deafening at some points to the point where you really couldn't focus on the announcers talking, which is really never a bad thing. Um, it was so loud because of the U of A chants. And then even on Twitter, I was watching some of the TCU fans being like, these bear down chants are really annoying. I can only imagine what the players are feeling. It and really it was just Sorry, so good. It was really funny because like everyone would start chanting U of A and then you'd have a TCU chant. It's like TCU. And then they're like, nope. And they would start chanting U of A again uh, loud. And it's like, yeah, like who gets annoyed at another team cheering? But I was wondering. Well, what the- I got to say, I will go back to my usual UNLV Rebels thing. You know, that drives me crazy. But I, I, I will say that, like, I was very, I, you're very curious, like, do Texas Tech fans stay and root for TCU? Do the Notre Dame fans root for an upset? It was an Arizona crowd. I mean, it wasn't even close. It was like 90 to 10. It was pure Arizona. The alcohol. No, on TV, falling. it was a sea of red. Like, when they yeah. do the pan, the pan back, it was a sea of red. And speaking of pans and cameras and stuff, and you mentioned it to me in tweets, or I think you texted me. The camera angles tonight on TV were horrible. Like there were three point shots. Arizona like got a three point shot and they had it from a backcourt like angle looking at the player from half court. So you barely saw the bucket go in. It was like I've never seen that before. How many bad angles? I love San Diego. Obviously, it's a great place, but Viejas as a venue is weird. But from what I understand, there's a rule where like you have to have an elevator that goes directly to the court pretty much. And that's why McHale, it doesn't get men's or something like that. Um, but yeah, Viejas, that's just, they don't have a choice. Like if you see it, it's similar to when you watch a game at New Mexico, the pit, because there's no levels. It's all just one level. And so there's nowhere in between, you know, what McHale, you could have the cameras in between on the concourse. Right. They don't have that in Viejas. The concourse is outside. So the cameras can only go like two places, which is all the way up. Or on the court, there's no in between, and so that's why you got bad camera angles. They they just they can't help it. It wasn't a CBS thing or anything like that. It was just the Viejas is poorly designed. I mean, I tweeted before the game there was a breeze, like there was a literal breeze, and finally they forced the door shut because they were playing a basketball game and it was windy inside the building. And so that's weird. Uh, it was really weird, but yeah, that's just that's just Viejas. It's not the greatest venue, but sound travels very well there. It did. It was loud. All right. Well, I want to start with um the great moments because there were a lot of them and we as fans should kind of talk about those what since you were on the court what were your great moment takeaways and who is your player or players of the game well there there i mean there's a lot you're right uh let's see so i don't curse on twitter i try really hard not to as you know you want me to curse more actually i think i do you're like it's (laughs) your twitter you can curse as much as you want when Ben got that dunk, it was right in front of us, and it was holy shit. Like I just tweeted, holy shit. Like we were losing. Like it, it takes like the media. I mean, we're not cheering, but we were like, holy crap, what just like I don't even know if TV did it justice. I didn't see the replays or anything like that, but it was. I thought they were going to go and annihilate them from from that moment on. To me, that was just a ridiculous moment. Um, the end of the game. I have a confession, Shelby. 
I told what? you earlier, I'm ashamed. You did. You did. You are ashamed. I, uh, I don't do this often. I'm usually very calm. But I could not watch the final possession when TCU had the ball. I was folk, I was staring at um, Ricardo Foy on the Arizona bench, and I said, however he reacts is going to tell me what just happened. And then I see him wave towards the basket in front of him, and I look, and I see Dale and Terry streaking to the basket. I'm like, is this really how this thing's going to end? And to Dalen's credit, like, it's hard. Your mentality as a basketball player is to dunk the ball and finish. And it's like, you're looking at the clock or whatever. And it, it was so close. Um, but that play, we'll, we'll get to that. Actually, let's just get to it now. Okay, let's do it. Now? So after the game, Mike Miles said he got fouled. And there's a lot of discussion on Twitter. Jamie Dixon said he got fouled. Tommy Lloyd said, I don't care if he got fouled. And pretty much implied he went back court. So to me... The biggest issue is that the ref didn't call anything. In that moment, you either need to call a foul or backcourt because it's one or the other, right? You can't just say there wasn't a foul, but then not call backcourt because he's clearly went backcourt. His entire leg was backcourt. I believe in college basketball, if you touch the line, it is backcourt. So technically, he went backcourt before the foul. So it's either a foul, a flop, backcourt. I don't think he got fouled. I think it was good defense, and I know I'm biased, but I've watched it a bunch of times, and I would say, like, if it was robbery, it was robbery, whatever. But in that moment, I think you need to call something, and that's the biggest issue. Had they called backcourt, I think people would have generally been fine with it. Uh, but it was clearly backcourt. But, again, even if they called, like, Arizona maybe doesn't get as good of a shot as it had with Terry off the steal. It almost helped Arizona that they didn't call backcourt. But it felt like at that moment – uh, the tide shifted again. Like I actually thought, and, and I texted Cody and Mike, we have a group chat. I was like, they're going to blow them out in overtime. I thought Arizona was going to wipe them out because that there were so many momentum and emotion shifts and TCU had done everything. They thought they had the game in the bag. Um, and then that happened. And when that happened, uh, it basically took everything out of TCU. I felt personally. No, I agree. On TV, um, just rewinding a second, the dunk was shown so many times in slow motion. Um, I believe he was actually fouled on that dunk, but I don't think they called oh, he it. He was slapped right in the head. He was, was he was slapped in the head. And, you know, going back to the ref, not calling that call at the end, TCU fans are, squ are squawking. Obviously, their coaches, obviously the players about it and about how bad the refs were. You're right. They were bad. They were bad on both sides because Arizona was getting chopped it was taking three or four hard fouls before we would get a call too. So, I mean, it was pretty even. And I believe TCU ended with five more foul calls than we did. So it's not like it was in Arizona's favor. It was, you know, the actually I mean, not. The free throws, TCU went to the line five more times and finished with one more personal foul. And here's the thing yeah. that I always say with refing is I don't care if they're bad and I don't care if they're good. But they need to be I fair. I just need them to be consistently bad or consistently good. And I don't think the game changed. I think they called the game the same way in the first half as they did in the second. And I'm cool with that. They let him play for the most part. And there were some missed fouls absolutely on both sides. Uh, you know, the backcourt, Ben got hammered. Arizona probably fouled a bunch too, and they got missed. But that's the thing. It was even. Like, they let them both play. And I don't, I don't have a problem with that because they were consistent. A lot of times in the Pac-12 – We'll see them let them play the first half and then call everything the second. And it's like, it's stupid. You can't do that. Like, just call it one way. And 
I thought for the most part that they went in and said, we're going to let them play two physical teams. And I was cool. Like I, I thought the refs weren't great early on, but you know, and I complained on Twitter and said, Oh, we got fouled three times, but that's what they did every game. I mean, it was the whole game, they let these guys play and um, it was consistent. And at the end of the day, a lot of times that's more than you can ask for, especially with refs that we've seen before. Yep. That is a great point. As far as your players of the game, obviously there there's, are two. Yeah, there's two. Um, you know, it, I, it's funny. I, uh, I was leaving the court and Ben and Coloco, I don't know if I should be saying this, whatever. We're going to the media and I turned to Coloco and I said, can you guys ever just make shit easy? And he smiled at me and he goes, no, where's the fun in that? We, we like, we like the, uh, we like it to be intense. We like the suspense for Arizona fans <laughs> with, a big oh, smile, with a big smile on his face. And, um, you know, I, I talk about money games, right? Like this dude made himself money. We have reached a point where, and I don't want to get too much into this. Christian Coloco is an NBA player, 28 points, 12 rebounds three blocks, 40 minutes of action. Um, what he did tonight was just absolutely remarkable. And I feel like every time one of his parents is in attendance, his dad was in attendance tonight, this is what he does. And then obviously Ben Mathurin. I mean, what more do you want? Like Tommy says he has the clutch gene and it was right. And it was so fitting that in overtime, where Ben outscored TCU by himself, Ben had six points and Coloco had four. And that was yep. it. Coloco had Fine. four boards, three off. They had five offensive boards in overtime. Arizona let a, a ton. We'll, we'll get to that, but we'll get to rebounding. But five offensive boards in overtime. Ben and Coloco were the clear players of the game. And in reality – you can make a very legit case that they were the only two guys that played well. Um, you can make a very legit case because I even I even tweeted, I said, what happens when our full team plays at max potential at 100% and there are at least many people that are in double digits because then Arizona looks like an NBA team, like completely. Was, like TCU had Eddie Lampkin's best game of his life. It was great. 20 points, 14 rebounds, 10 offensive boards. But the biggest thing is he's 270 pounds. He played 35 minutes and he's very emotional. I'll just say that, but he played his ass off. I mean, you got to credit him. O'Bannon had 23 points. And it's like, I even tweet, I go every time Arizona plays someone, someone goes nuts. Well, O'Bannon in the second half was two for four with 10 points, got the line, hit threes. Magically he's hitting, you know, uh, he finished with five threes, 23 points. Right. The biggest key was the fact that your boy, Shelby, I know you're very passionate, so I'll let you talk about him. But this offense goes as Mike Miles on TCU goes. And I think Arizona knew that. And he finished five of 20 from the field with six turnovers. He had more turnovers than field goals made. And Dalen guarded him and Ben guarded him. And uh, defensively, you know, Arizona overtime TCU went two of 10. It felt like worse, but TCU actually only finished the game shooting 35% from the field. The difference was they made 22 free throws. Um, but, you know, it, it, it felt like more. It didn't feel like they shot 35%. But to me, uh, just Ben and Coloco, what they did, uh, Coloco probably could have been a little bit better defensively. 
man on man, but I think he changed so many shots at the rim. Uh, TCU only had 34 points in the paint. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So, I mean, those two guys put Arizona on their back. There's no third guy where you're saying, oh, this guy played great because I really, I didn't see it. And so those two guys put Arizona on their back and said, we're not losing and uh, they deserve credit for it. And they did make us look like a number one seed because it, you know, definitely was nerve wracking quite a bit throughout that game. Um, I do also want to give props to Kyer um, as far as like stepping in for Kirk Risa, Kerr, um, the, just like the first play out the gate when he was on the court got basically railroaded into the ground. And I t- told Jason immediately, I was like, Oh my God, he, he hit his head. I was worried about a purpose. concussion. I think Mike yeah. Miles said to himself, I'm going to test this dude's ankle right yep. now. And lay him out. Yep. Which he is did fine. It. I would do the same thing. But um, that meant Kerr had to play off in the perimeter. He really couldn't drive anymore. The rest of the game. Um, he was really contained. So, I mean, Kyer came in, he had some great, pick and rolls. He got through, um, three or four defenders at one point, a couple of plays. So, I mean, he produced, but going to what Arizona needs to improve is you've got to have Tubelis actually playing the game. It felt like, I know, you know, he had some defensive moments and, you know, but he turned, he had the quite a few turnovers, at least in the first couple of minutes of the game, Pella Larson definitely needs to step it up. You know, he had a, he had a couple of, of good moments too, but, it can't just be a stunner moment to pose for the camera. It needs to be consistent throughout the game. And, and we talked about this. I was, I couldn't believe that how ineffective Bala was under the basket. Sometimes tonight, his ankles were off. You know, we did not rebound at least very well as we should have, especially against TCU. We talked about this TCU is a rebounding team. Um, I think that they're going to have to tighten that up, especially moving forward to Houston. Yeah, so you made a lot of great points. So I'll kind of go in order here. Kirk Creesa, and I don't know how much they talked about on television. Did you take the game, by the way? Because I got something to watch tomorrow. Uh, don't think so. Oh, it's on CBS. They'll repeat I'm it. sure you'll find I it. I got CBS connections. Anyway, uh, I don't know how obvious or how much they talked about on TV. Um, Kirk Creesa had no lift. I mean, zero no. lift on his jump shot. Zero. And credit to him. It, 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 he's very frustrating. And I know that other fans don't get this. The offense moves considerably better when he's in the game, especially on the fast break. Oh, for sure. Issue is that he can also shoot you out of a game sometimes. So it's kind of like tonight he had that sequence where he shot the three threes in a row. It was an awful sequence. But Tommy even said out the game, he's like, I thought one of them was going to go in. Usually they do. The problem is he had no lift. The good thing is he has a week now or less than a week, but you know what I mean? Like he's going to be able to rest it and see how the ankle uh, gets with treatment and all that tomorrow, but the offense still runs better with him in it. Um, You mentioned Tubelis. He was awful. He got benched. Um, And Tommy said after the game, he's like, I'm sure Tubelis is mad at me, but whatever. Tubelis didn't need overtime. 
and he played four minutes in the second half show. Yep. And you know what? He probably should have been benched earlier. In this tournament against physical teams, if you are unable to be physical and you are missing layups, you cannot play. This isn't the time of the year to get through it. There is no getting through it. And there were multiple plays where he got stripped. And the one play that really bothered me was when he was open and he had the easy layup and he gathered himself and then got blocked. Yep. And instead of gathering yourself, you got to go up and dunk the ball or get it in the basket. When you have a team like TCU, you don't have time to stop and gather yourself and put up a soft little layup. And he has not been playing well lately. They need him. That's the thing. They need him to play well. But tonight was just not his night. And against Houston, we're not going to preview the Houston game. They're a very, they pretty much are, are very similar. They have some different defensive concepts, but they're similar to TCU and that they're going to try to out physical you and push you around. And he has to respond better. He has to grab the ball and, and Lloyd and Foy and all the assistants were saying, grab the ball, be strong with the ball. And after a while, it was like, look, man, like we can't keep you in the game. And I don't like the plus minus stat. I think it's kind of skewed because there's five guys in a court, but he had minus 13 tonight. Kyer was minus 17. And the reason I say it's skewed is Ben was minus one. So I don't like using it. Right. That's kind of not but, a fair spectrum. By the way, Kirk Risa plus 24, which is insane. <laughs> but um, he just wasn't very good. And I almost wonder if the time now in between now and the Houston game helps because even with Umar, I love Umar, but the moment felt too big for Zoo and Umar. It felt like like Umar's not playing like the normal guy. And he had four rebounds in 16 minutes, but he also had four fouls. He only blocked one shot. Um, it just felt like, like he's a big dude. And eventually, like you got to go get an offensive rebound. And Ben had three offensive rebounds. Zoo actually had two. Coloco had seven. Pella had one. Kirk Kreisa had one. In order to win this game, you had an offensive rebound. And what people don't realize because TCU grabbed 20 offensive rebounds, is Arizona had 14. Arizona had 14 offensive rebounds for 16 points, and TCU had 20 offensive rebounds for 19 points. So, you know, at the end of the day, Zoo has to be better, Umar has to be better, better, and I almost wonder if this time off allows them to adjust and say, look, man, like this is a, this is a different ballgame, because you know they're going to be watching film tomorrow and saying, look, now we have time to go home you know, practice for a day. We'll fly out there, practice and all that. But now we at least have time to, to discuss a few things. It's, it's very difficult to adjust from the first round to the second round and fix things. Now the next few days is, is a little bit more of when you do that. But, you know, against Houston, again, we're not going to get into that too much, but those guys have to step up and, uh, and be better. I also wanted to comment just from watching TV. I've not watched TCU all year. I don't really know that much about them, but I will say there's a huge difference in Jamie Dixon's conduct versus Tommy Lloyd's conduct. And I did even tweet. I saw a lot of people saying, I don't understand how TCU is not getting attacked because between Jamie Dixon and some of, of the players antics, it, I mean, again, we already talked about the refs they're, they're letting them play, but it was kind of shocking because Jamie Dixon came up behind one of the refs when he was reviewing some benign, stupid thing, but like he got up real close. Like there, there's, there was no separation and I'm glad the game's over. We'd have to play them again, but it is kind of just shocking. Like, I guess 
having coaches being so aggressive and not Bobby Hurley aggressive, like actually, yeah, because like I watched the Notre Dame game and Mike Bray had to be held back by three assistants from screaming at Higgins and he didn't get a T there's, they're not going to tee coaches up. And it's interesting because speaking of technicals, like I've never seen a more obvious hanging on the rim technical than what Lampkin should have got. Yep. (laughs) He held on there. And then I was wondering about that. And I was talking to someone who will rename be nameless and they're they're pretty high up. They, They know what they're talking about. And they said, I guarantee you. So earlier, I don't know if you saw this. Did you see the Illinois game? I did not, but I saw the highlights. Right. So the guy got teed up for literally no, not, not literally no reason, literally none. He was hanging on the rim so he wouldn't kill someone and he got teed up. So the person told me, they said, I guarantee you after that happened with all the attention it got, all the refs got a memo and said, you are not calling a tech for the rest of the day for hanging on the rim. And that's why Lampkin didn't get a T. And I didn't even think about that, but it makes a ton of sense. If the refs were basically told, you are not calling this tactical foul anymore. Because it's it's as obvious as you get. Yeah, there was a lot of that tonight. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, an ugly win or is still a beautiful win. (laughs) And we're just going to take it and hopefully be able to absorb lessons and get that, you know, get get to what San Antonio, you're going to go to San Antonio too and kind of do it all over again. Cause Houston is a similar team to TCU. And someone else I want to give credit to his numbers, his shooting night wasn't great. But if you remember before the game, I said that I would put Dalen Terry on Damian ball. Oh, We didn't talk about Dalen. And I would take Damian ball out of the game because I think offensively TCU struggles. Um, I didn't realize this until I'm looking at the box right now. He was three of 17. And he had yep, nine and six assists, but he was three of 17 and he is a better offensive player that he's almost like their Dale and Terry where, you know, if, if he gets going offensively, the other team is screwed and Dale was two of eight, but he hit the biggest three, one of the biggest threes of the game, still had four rebounds, still had uh, five assists, uh, five steals, you know, what, what more do you want? And, and the guy, he's another guy where, you know, his three point shot has come a long way and uh, you know, there's a couple shots that layup, especially where it went off the backboard that he'd probably want back. But um, at the end of the day, if you're fourth in the guy you're guarding, one of them to go three of 17 and the other to go five of 20. So their two best offensive players went eight of 37. And that's, that's a good defensive day. It was. And he definitely was all over the court the entire night. So sorry, Dalen, we didn't mean to miss you. Um, are there any more final thoughts? I got a lot of thoughts, but I think I should probably go to bed at some point. Well, you can say some of them. Uh, I always believe, and I, I'd have to look back, that the national championship team always has one game like this, where it is a drag out brawl that is close, that is a complete war. It, it always feels like there's a game like that. And that it's never easy. Like Gonzaga, Memphis, you know, that was a close game last night. This game was close. Texas Tech, Notre Dame was close for the most part. These games are not easy. And every team in the tournament is a good team. Some are better than others. Arizona is arguably, according to Ken Palm, not arguably, facing the second best team in the tournament. So, (laughs) uh, yeah. 
And it's it's shown in the fact that Arizona is only favored by one and a half points. Ken Palm actually has Arizona losing. But what I what I'm trying to say is you don't just glide through the tournament when you win the national title. It's not going to happen. There's tough games, and it feels like this is the game that maybe kind of gets Arizona going a little bit. The Houston game is going to be very interesting because if I'm Arizona, I feel pretty damn good tonight. I really do. And I'm sure Houston feels good about you know beating Illinois and all that. But what I'm saying is Arizona went to war. Houston hasn't had that game in the tournament yet. They've had some easy games. Um, and Arizona went to war and won. And it, it, it'll be very interesting to see how both teams kind of react to their situations that, that led up to this game. Thank All you. right. That was great. Thank you for that insight. So with that being said, <laughs> there it is. You. Your catchphrase. You thank you for joining me, Shelby. Hopefully the kids and the animals and the neighbors have not lost respect for us. They have not because believe it or not, the entire neighborhood, like especially a guest parking across the street from our house was completely full and there were other people screaming and like <laughs> cheering like there were backyard parties happening we were not the only ones remember uh, years ago that. when we had the crazy neighbor and you were cheering and i was at the game and he screamed at you to shut up yeah and yeah that was home, and i came was, home and he never screamed at you to anything <laughs> no <laughs> and we're just so glad we don't live at that house anymore so all um right. hopefully all arizona fans are uh happy there and get to enjoy this glow we're going to the sweet 16 and uh it's a good feeling i one thing i always like this time of year are all the t-shirts like the tents that pop up like on the corner like those are the best shirts to get as like arizona progresses and you know you get to get this okay, collection. okay i'll get you a shirt point taken thank you ah, appreciate it. let me know if anybody nice. wants a shirt yeah Ben mummy. No. Well, <laughs> thanks everybody for joining us. Thanks guys. Bear down. Bear down. Hey, Shell, have you ever been to the Alamo? No, I haven't. I said that I was excited to see the Alamo on Twitter and four people texted me within one minute and said, it's a bunch of rocks. Just keep driving. Hmm. That sounds like a ringing endorsement. Correct.